Hey everyone, and welcome back to Demon Slayer Chronicles, presented by Popped Off, a weekly Demon Slayer podcast where we dive into every episode of the anime, alongside its characters, lore, and more. I'm your host, Andrew Nimsgren, and alongside me I have James Graham and Dylan Beal. And last week's episode, I didn't talk very much because my internet disconnected, so I actually didn't get to hear about the topic I was very excited to listen to, is I'm wondering what breathing forms did you guys select? Because I actually haven't got not gone back to listen to the episode, I have no idea. And I want to hear you guys' answers now. Dylan, you go ahead first. Yeah, I chose rock breathing. I want something strong and sturdy and that could be defensive. Great. <laughs> that, that's a very interesting option, Dylan. It still sounds like a chirp to me. You know what I mean? Like It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. And for me, I cho- I, there was a, long, a very long convoluted explanation on why I chose what I did. But I chose insect breathing, specifically like praying mantis. All right. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to hold it together here. I have I have opinions about the two breathing forms, but I don't I don't want to turn this into that discussion here today. Oh my god. Because so many of us are here to actually listen to that. But outside of that, just how you guys do it. I know I'm not supposed to lead off the show with that, but it's been a while since I asked, so I want to make sure everyone's doing well still. I'm doing good. It's it's early, a little sleepy on a weekend, but it's it's good that early for me it's like 1 30 in the afternoon for me so i have no excuse oh yeah time zones time zones time zones are a crazy thing but i'm doing fine i'm doing all right good well let's jump in the rigmarole let's jump in the episodes i think both these episodes um that we're recording today just kind of always setting behind the scenes we're doing two of them today is i think it's gonna be interesting i don't know where the conversations are really gonna go so i want to kind of get into them and start talking through them yeah so if you really like the show make sure you tell your friends about us and leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on yeah, and if you have any suggestions for the uh, the show, any segments, co- questions, comments, all that good stuff, uh, hit us up over on Twitter at popped underscore off or email us at contact at poppedoff.com. Perfect. Well, then let's jump into episode 13 of the Demon Slayer anime, Something More Than Life. The entire uh, house shifts again and throws Anitsu and Siochi outside through his second story window. The room, uh, the room Tanjiro is in again flips, sending papers flying across the room. However, Tanjiro is careful not to step on them. This causes Kyogai to recall how he used to love writing, how he used to love to write as a human, but is belittled for doing so. Tanjiro, however, took care not to ruin it. Tanjiro figures out how to take quicker, shallower breaths to strengthen his legs and learn how to smell the claw attack coming. This lets him get close enough to cut off Kyogai's head, but as he his head is cut off and he is starting to cry, he tells him that his blood art is incredible. Um, Kyle guy is crying as you recognize, uh, as Tanjiro is the first person to recognize his blood art and his writing. Tanjiro quickly grabs the blood from the demon and gives it to, I know it's not a magical cat, but I want to call it a magical cat. I know it just has like an invisibility spell on it, magic but calling cat. it a magic cat, so much more better. So that is now canon going forward, um, which will take the blood back to Yashiro. Um, Tanjiro goes back to the two children and takes them outside where they find Inosuke attacking Zenitsu while protecting Nezuko's box. Inosuke has come out of the house trying to destroy the box since he got demonic vibes from it, um, with Nezuko also being inside it, and Zenitsu recognized him as the fifth survivor of the final selection who didn't end up showing himself afterwards. 
Zenitsu already knew that there was a demon in the box, but trusted Tanjiro as he had said it was something more than important than his own life. As Tanjiro comes out and sees Inosuke trying to stab Zenitsu, he shouts at Inosuke and rushes towards him trying to stop him. And that is where this episode ends. So, we finally have the conclusion of this big demon battle that's strained a couple of episodes now. We get a little bit more insight into Inosuke and Zenitsu. Um, and then we made another demon cry. And we get a magical cap. Where do you guys want to start? Um, I, I really want to start on the fact that this is just like a video game boss fight. It, so. it, it, I don't know. It just, it, like, the patterns, right, are just, like, very, very, like telling patterns it's like the same patterns it's like shift shift claw shift shift claw <laughs> like it's literally just a video game boss fight and once he memorizes the pattern he's like oh now i can win this yeah he starts like he starts to recognize like what each each drum means and knows how to react accordingly right so i mean but i think like i mean even if it is a video game boss fight i think it like it shows the tantro thinks during his fights you know what i mean like he's like he he's more He's more analytical than brute strength, you know what I mean? Which I, I can kind of appreciate. Now, mind you, this is on a pretty minor scale because, again, we have, like, patterns. We have, you know, very predictable movement and stuff like that. But it's not like he's just, like, act, like just trying to rush in and deal with it, right? Like, he actively acknowledges, if I screw up, I'm going to get chopped into bits, right? So, it's nice to know that he's not just trying to be like, well, I'm super powerful, so I'm going to just take this guy out, you know what I mean? But can we kind of talk about how lame it is that the demon's super attack was basically just hitting the drum a little faster? Oh, yeah, that was great. I like <laughs> he that, He just goes actually. into super drive. I'm like, I think it's yeah. funny, and it was a really fun moment. But I'm like, all right, dude, maybe you don't belong in the 12 moons if that's your superpower. <laughs> now get ready for my ultimate ability, drumming fast. Drumming real fast. <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, I mean, you can kind of see why this guy kind of got demoted. You can, But, I mean, it makes you wonder, though, too. Like, I mean, his big issue was that he wasn't, feeding as much you know what i mean like he wasn't eating as much as like other demons so like what would he how like how would he kind of scale up if he gets faster does it just get faster is that it it just keeps getting faster the rhythm does the same rhythm it just it just goes faster eh yeah he adds in an extra couple beats <sighs> like donkey Kong country like the the one that you used to oh yeah the one where you get the control no you get the controller yeah, this is just the bongos yeah man yeah yeah, yeah. oh my god that's our boy oh, I, I will seem gone I was gonna say uh, the most video game me part, and the thing I like the most is after he got the blood, give it to the magic cat, and it just goes away. It's like, okay, cool. That's how we're gonna solve that problem. Yep, it meows once, it arrives, it meows again, and it's gone. I, I love that part of it all, but it's still it's just funny. Magic I, cat's just, yeah. so sick. I love it. I do. I do like how he kind of talks about the technology between behind like drawing blood. He's actually like 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 Tanjiro's pretty shocked at how like effective it is, which I mean I don't know for us like blood drawing isn't exactly the craziest thing, right? But for him, he was just like, oh my god, like this is how quick and easy it is, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I like whenever they do that, whenever they chuck in a bit of like more modernized technology and how how the you know the universe kind of reacts to it. He's waiting for guns. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the fight completely changes when a demon brings yeah. a gun. A gun. My special blood demon art is a Glock. It pulls <laughs> out two guns. Um, but the one thing about this demon that, as much as we're kind of being mean to, is super attack right now is that this is the one that I felt like had the most human emotions. Like we see that all other demons have emotions; they're intelligent. 
but this one seemed much more moody than others that even before he got his head cut off like he was getting kind of emotional that Tanjiro wasn't stepping on his papers and having flashbacks to how unhappy he was like when he was a human and stuff like that like I get it's more building up the demon is what the show is trying to do but that also makes the demon come off as a much more human emotion while we see most demons just care about eating and growing stronger well this one cares about that this one definitely has like it has that feelings of wanting to be accepted which we haven't really seen to this extent by other demons i think it was uh i like i i think those those emotions were always there but i feel like the big like trigger for it was the fact that he watched tanjiro step between the papers and then it's just like a rush of emotions comes all at once. Not so much like I feel like these like yes they were probably underlying, but I don't think they were always super present. I think you know Tanjiro being the main character and stuff like that, bringing rousing these emotions from characters that shouldn't have these. You know what I mean? Yes, he's getting angry and yes he's getting worked up, but actually noticing somebody doing something that you know brings on good emotions for him or brings stuff back to him, I think is a little different. But do we? Do we think Tanjiro didn't step on the papers because he thought this demon wrote him, or just because he'd probably slip if he landed on the papers? That's a good question. I I, I think probably because he would slip. Because like, I think so that's... too. Like I, I, like, I don't. Know. It just I don't didn't feel make like sense. Tanjiro was very caring, but I don't think he'd instantly put together like, oh, papers on the ground. This demon must have wrote it and be emotionally connected to him, and he'd piss him off by stepping. I'm like, no. Like he's moving very quickly around a move a building that's shifting. He's not going to step on something that slips. So that, that was the one thing that I kind of never understood. I mean, I'm glad the demon took it that way and caused like a second of confusion for Tanjiro to kill him. But I, I don't think Tanjiro's that caring as emotionally caring as he is. I mean, you say that, but then he goes back and then he like literally compliments the dude on the thing that was trying to kill him. So I mean like... But he could see that. Like he's yeah, aware yeah, yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, that is a really cool blood art. Tanjiro never picked up a piece of paper the entire time. He never looked, like... Yeah, I know. From all Tanjiro could have known, half these pieces of paper were empty. Yeah. Like, he never looked at them. No, what? Well, yeah. So, I'm just saying that, like, yes, he's still caring, but he just wasn't caring in the way that, like, the demon interpreted it, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to the human emotions, that the demon is looking into things that weren't immediately in front of him. But I guess it's just kind of a triggering thing, but... I don't know, but yeah. Again, one of my lesser demon fights but it was still a cool fight overall and i, I definitely think tanjiro took the learn the shorter breathings and all that kind of stuff and taking the fact that tanjiro had three broken ribs during all this is still pretty impressive that this all went down yeah between that and i i really do want to go back to giving credit to the animation for this fight as well like shifting rooms and stuff like that and without looking like the cgi was clearly evident but not making it look super cgi was definitely really impressive Again, it's an overarching theme that we seem to talk about is that, you know, CGI is definitely present, but, I mean, like, they do a really good job of dressing it up, and I think this area is no exception. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. It's Now that Don't brought it up, I noticed the CGI so much more. <laughs> so it's harder for me to say that because in the first times, I just thought everything was perfect animation, and now that I see the CGI sometimes, I think less of it in some scenes. Not It's not like oh, it went from amazing animation to bad animation. It's just like, oh, I noticed the CGI more now, which is I'm not happy with Dylan, so I want to blame you for that. <laughs> you ne never learn how the sausage is made. So the one thing that I do want to really talk about today is kind of Zenetsu's redemption a little bit more. We talked about it a little bit last week. 
but this week even more so after protecting a box that he knew had a demon in it, obviously that we know is Nezuko now, and we know the reason why Tanjiro, but Nezuko, I mean Tanjiro, oh my goodness, so many names. Zenitsu knew nothing about the box besides Tanjiro said it was more important than his own life, and that was enough to get the shit beat out of him by Inosuke and almost get stabbed by him while Tanjiro just stood by the side and watched him get the shit beat out of him for a while. So, like, is Zenitsu growing on you guys a little bit more? Does this not really change much for you? Or is it the same level as you guys were at last week? How are you guys kind of feeling about Zenitsu now? And even Onosuke a little bit. Uh, I would say for Zenitsu, it changes for sure. I mean, he's sick. I like him now. Like, like I don't know, like him like defending like uh, the box or whatever, knowing like knowing what's inside of it and everything. It's like, yeah, he's got his friends back. And I, I can appreciate that. He might be incredibly annoying, but he's reliable. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's like that's just it. It's a it's an extra layer to the character, which is really nice. It's not just, oh, he's a whiny kid who can be a badass, which I feel like is something that's really done a lot, and you just kind of get sick of after a while. It's like, no, you know, Tanjiro asked him to do this. He already knows what's in there, but despite ruining his marriage, he's still okay with Tanjiro. So I mean, like, there's enough. I I think there's enough there for Sinitsu to be like, this guy is a, he's a decent character. He's a decent dude, right? Let's keep him around. No, Nasuke on the other hand. No, on the other hand. Oh my gosh, I still I can't stand him still. <laughs> he's so good, man. He I I like I I don't know, man. He's just he's such a goon that I I I I'm I'm drawn to him. Yeah, but I mean, this Inosuke went a little far with trying to beat the crap out of Zenitsu to get to the box, but Inosuke's initial thoughts of like, "Oh, there's something demonic in this box. I need to kill it." Isn't technically wrong when it's right outside left alone outside of a demon's house like i you can't really be upset with them for that yes, point of it all like that's that's what he's trained to do <laughs> or or he, he's not trained to do it he's not trained at all like yeah well yeah for, first of all he's not trained jot that down we'll, number okay, we'll get to that number next two i don't know like if there's another like demon slayer going hold up please don't just stab the box you're gonna hold up for a second Unless you're Inosuke. No, you would hold up for a second. Inosuke would not. Yes, and that's why I blame him. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting one, and obviously, it, it, I think we haven't learned much about Inosuke, and I, I guess for you, Dylan, and I guess for us, if we're going to get that redemption arc that we kind of see that Zenitsu's going right now, I mean, do you think there's any chance in three episodes you could really like him? Or do you think that kind of with how he is right now that you'd... Yeah, I mean, like, in three episodes, he could turn into, like... He could be, like, a superior boar breathing and turn into a giant boar. And I'd be like, okay, I'm down. That's sick. (laughs) I'm into this. (laughs) Okay, so he's not too far gone for you right now. You're just not a fan of him? Why? The initial impression. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, initial impression has been... I don't know. I'm kind of looking through anything else. I mean, obviously, this interaction kind of continues on the other episodes, so it's hard to kind of keep talking more about that besides initial reactions and why he's doing that. But is there anything else from this episode you guys really want to talk about? Anything about this scene or earlier on in the episode? Magic Cat again? We talk yeah, let's talk about Magic Cat again. <laughs> let's just keep talking about Magic Cat. All right, what do you, what, what Magic- do you want to talk about Magic Cat? Uh, I like when Magic Cat meows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, t- I regret this question, and instead, I'm actually going to hand it back over to James to continue our talk about uh, redemption arcs a little bit. Yeah, so that is our uh, that is our topic of the week, which is redemption arcs for characters who initially present themselves as either bad people, bad character, or like you know weak characters or whiny characters in Zenitsu's case. Um, 
in comparison to other animes, and I'm going to use the the example of Endeavor in My Hero Academia, who we, despite being all powerful, was a dirtbag, um, like in the in the beginning. Do we think the execution of how they're bringing Zenitsu back into like not being a character you don't like is is as well done as in other animes? And if you can, can you compare it to? Can you give like an example of an anime that you would like? I, I don't know cross-reference him with yeah i would say it's like kind of hard because like normally you have the characters be annoying or be evil or like be be like antagonistic in some way for an extended period of time and then you kind of have the turn and i think that's what's really good about the redemption is like the satisfying turn that they make uh so the example i have is the classic vegeta the classic, the classic vegeta. vegeta vegeta being a, absolutely being a, a, being a villain um you know fighting fighting the main characters you assume he's evil and then he has that turn eventually and then you're like okay i'm down with this this is cool um but for these i don't they're not like redemption it's just like they trick this out into thinking that they're terrible characters and then there's like psych just a pretty cool character yeah that's kind of where i'm at too i guess i I think we're seeing I we've I've been calling redemption, so it's a little bit of me baiting you into this question a little bit because I've been calling it redemption the last couple of episodes here, but I I agree that the, the, it's not long enough to be a true redemption arc. They're definitely being redeemed in our eyes very quickly. But going back to Endeavor, where we've talked about him for so long, is that it really took them what he was introduced like in the second uh, the first arc of like season two, and he's just now becoming a badass. 50 episodes later well, in our he, eyes he's becoming he personality wise he's becoming a badass he's always well, that's what power, i mean right yeah but i think i think i think i guess yeah the the better example of a of a redemption arc is vegeta because vegeta was a straight up i know you don't i know you don't know the references at all maybe later, watch some so good anime I'm, when you have fun you two yeah. go go off and ping me in 20 we'll, minutes we'll get you we'll get you it. back but like vegeta was 100 percent a villain like he was just straight up a villain there was no oh, like really. I thought he was always just really annoying. No, he was oh, like he came down to kill Goku. That was oh. the whole thing, or as he constantly calls him Kakarot. Like that's just like the that was the big theme with Vegeta. And then yeah, he just he that is a redemption. I think that's a hundred percent a better redemption than really anything I can think of. So, but yeah, that's really that's really it for the topic of this week. We'll get you watching Dragon Ball. I I, I do. I also have an, another example of redemption, which it's not anime, but I guess it's anime adjacent. Um, it's a cartoon. It's the last Airbender. Oh my God, Avatar! Yeah. Thank you. That's literally right before you said that when you started saying it's not anime. I'm like, oh, Prince Zuko has a really good redemption yeah. arc. Maybe I'll bring that in, and that'd be the <laughs> super normie shit. But I mean, yeah. Again, I just think it's redemption arcs are something that are so hard to balance. When you see something like that, I mean that one. I mean Endeavor's taken a couple seasons. The Prince Zuko one. What the show is four seasons long, five seasons long, and he doesn't really turn around to the last season. So I just think for a real redemption arc to go through, and I guess I can't speak to Kakarot. In ter- I'm not um, in terms of uh, Vegeta with how quickly that goes, but I think not having a true redemption arc for these two characters is actually good. I think there's definitely other real redemption arcs we could see. We, I mean, who knows? Even with Muzan, we could see a redemption arc with him and kind of understanding his side. That of would be more. wild as hell. <laughs> well that that would be wild as hell and i like i legitimately i don't even know because the series is not even over yet so that would be such an incredible thing to see down the road and i and i i think showing how quickly that the show can 
misdirect us and how what we think about characters and then quickly make us do a 180 on them is something that sets it up that there can't be really good redemption arcs or really long-running arcs that misdirect us which i think in going more back towards the redemption arc theme that you're talking about but with these two we have been redeemed and within a very short time with these two characters but i definitely think this shows that we could love a character today and hate them tomorrow and that sets up for very good betrayals very good redemptions and very good twist in the story which is what does make me look forward to with this conversation more than a redemption arc for these two characters yeah, does that make sense yeah we just got the initial ankle break and that was it like that's yeah you're right back to okay we like these characters right it's like the shows where they break the rules it's like okay like for no no one's ever died up until now well someone died now so the rules are changed yeah with this one we've pretty much liked most of the characters we interacted with but we hated these two and now we're expecting we're going to love both of these very quickly. Well, Zenitsu's so already there, said, right? So, I mean, like, yeah. yeah. And in Nosuke, we can only make the assumption that that's going to happen eventually, hopefully, for us three, based off the fact that he's in the opening animation, and he's probably not going anywhere anytime soon. But, okay. No, I think that was a good topic. I, I know whenever you bring up a topic, we always kind of twist it, say, no, you're wrong, James, and then twist <laughs> it to a different direction. But I think it opens up a good discussion nonetheless. So thank you very much. But... Dylan, I'm going to hand it over to you for a secret. It's a nice show secret. One very popular thing to do in mangas is actually have popularity contests. In a lot of manga, you'll see um, some editions come out and they'll say, here's the results of the popularity contest, and they'll rank all the characters of people just uh, writing in and saying who they like the most. Uh, Demon Slayer's first one happened right around this time, like about around this time, maybe a little bit later, but their number one vote, Obviously, Tandro. Can anyone guess what their number two is? I won't let you guys guess because you already know the answer, but it's Zenitsu. <laughs> uh, people in Japan love Zenitsu. So the score breakdown for Tandro was 6,700 votes, and Zenitsu was 4,200, beating out Nezuko by over 1,000 votes. My favorite. Beating out wow. Nezuko? Yeah. yeah. It's, people in Japan really like him. And my, I think my favorite part about it is tied for 68th place at one vote. It's the axe that Tanjiro threw in the beginning <laughs> and Nezuko's gag. Ne Nezuko's gag and the axe got like, One like vote. their own vote? A singular oh, vote. Tied for 68th. Oh my god. Um, it, they're, they're really fun. Um, it's really fun whenever you're reading along to look at some of like the, the, like the one vote ones. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I like that and it's it's really cool. I forget sometimes that mangas do that, but it's it's a fun little thing. That's awesome. <laughs> That's something that I've started reading. I've started reading a lot more manga as you see that popping up. And I love those because some of the people, like some of the things that people vote for are dumb, but also it, it almost always is surprising. Like everyone has their own favorites and I pretty much have never felt like my top three have ever been the same for the manga I'm reading. versus. Yeah. Story. And you also have to realize that they're just taken from different regions too. Like, like whenever you read yep. it in, in like in, in a manga, like most of the time it's just the translated Japanese one. So the people voting on it, are just are, are just japanese so um that's why i found really interesting is that um typically they like uh, zenitsu a lot more over there than we might over here yeah that's true we had yeah, different culture different reasons different all that kind of things no i know i i, I totally agree but that is really cool yeah i remember you we've known about this for a couple of weeks for this secret and, and i've wanted to talk about it for so long because it yeah it is just so different compared to how we talked about him on episode one and then episode two is like, okay, he's good. Now we're kind of full on board with them. And who would be, like, out of all your characters, who would be your top two or three right now? 
Oh, um, honestly, I would probably go because I'm I'm a stickler for not wanting to let the main character be my most popular. I just never do it. Oh my god! I know, dude. Every time, but it would be it would be Rokodaki would be number one, Sabito number two, and Giyu number three. Those would be like like despite the fact I have seen none of Giyu except for the first two episodes, and that was it. He just seems like such a badass. I'm really excited for him. Sabito was so cool. He was like a great like mentor to Tanjiro. And Orokodaki was the mentor, despite they were sending like 13 pupils off to their death. But I mean, like, his whole aesthetic was great. We're never letting that go. No, no, we no, cannot, no. From here on out, we cannot mention Urokodaki in an episode without mentioning the 13 Yeah, by the way, <laughs> exactly. he, he killed 13 kids indirectly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still my um, favorite. Dylan, how about you? Um, I think I think Nezuko has to be the top one. She's just like, such a good character, very funny. Uh, Tanjiro is a solid main character, so I would choose him, and probably Rokodaki. Who are yeah. you? Mine would actually be the exact same as Dylan, which surprises me. It'd be Nezuko, Tanjiro, Urokodaki. Because yeah, I, Nezuko is Nezuko. You absolutely can't love her. <laughs> she's um, badass and Tanjiro, a funny character. Exactly, and she's cute to say. Yeah, she has like yeah. You, whenever she's in an episode, you never know what emotion you're gonna feel with her, and I love having a character like that. Um, Tanjiro is Tanjiro, and then Urokodaki, I love. He is the mentor. He does send people to death too often, but he is he was a very and he's a big part of the show. That's that's that's, that's another big thing is that we've had the most time with him pretty much out of anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. But the number four for me would be Tanjiro Zack. I I do agree <laughs> with that one vote. That's awesome. All right. But with that, do we have anything else we want to talk about this episode, or are we good for this one? I think we're good. All right. So, well, James, I'll let you hand it back to you, then. Yeah, so let your friends know about the Demon Slayer podcast, um, and hit us with that five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on. Make sure you check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash popped underscore off for updates on this podcast and all the other stuff we do. But that will be all for this week's episode. We hope to see you all back here next Wednesday. Tura